first one of the most amazing times in U.S. history, folks, of course, was the mid to late 60s, the Monterey Pop Festival, the Summer of Love. And one man who was there for it all is journalist Joel Selvin, who has covered the Bay Area music scene for more than three decades as the music critic for the San Francisco Chronicle. Yeah, you know, from the days of Janice and Jimmy through right now. So he's had an amazing perspective. He's written for everybody, Rolling Stone. He's the author of eight great books including The Summer of Love. And, you know, we had uh, Matthew and Gunnar Nelson on a few weeks ago. He wrote an award-winning biography of Ricky Nelson. Let's get him on the show. Welcome, Joel Selvin. Thank you. Good to be here. Joel, how you doing? It's great to have you. Forty years ago was The Summer of Love. Forty years ago. And in some ways, it seems like a whole another world. And in other ways, I keep wondering where it went. You know, I think back on the stuff that happened and the, and, and the scenes that I was at and, and, and the streets I walked through, and I, I, I got to, like, double-check myself that it really happened. Was that really Jimi Hendrix I saw playing on a flatbed truck in the park in, in San Francisco? Yep, it was. And there were only about 200 people there. It wasn't even very crowded. And to look back at it, Joel, through the, uh, you know, the prism of time, uh, Bill turned me on a couple of weeks ago to, I think, VH1 Classics was showing the old Monterey Pop Festival. To see that stuff now, it, it is still so moving. I can't imagine being right in the middle of that whole scene. Did, did you appreciate and understand what was happening as it happened? Every day. It was a topic of conversation uh, amongst the uh, people that were... Uh, Living through it, it was a, an, an event that was ongoing. Uh, we were very aware of the changes that were taking place on, on just every level imaginable, from the broadest, most social and political concerns to the most intimate personal details. Joel, it seems like it's been compartmentalized and pushed aside since then. You know, flower power failed. It didn't work for whatever the reasons are. But now, with the benefit of 40 years behind us, when we look back at that, what there, there was so much good in that. What can we grab and apply to life today? Interesting question, isn't it? Because, you know, <clears throat> we look back on, uh, you know, the, the late 60s and think that, well, you know, everybody for a moment there was on the same page. And, and the answers to so many of the uh, issues of the day really were all held amongst a, a group of people. And then, you know, that group of people got older. The generation uh, assumed the mantles of power and, and, and authority. And da-da-da, we give you Bill Clinton. Huh? <laughs> and, and it's interesting. But, you know, so looking around for the, uh, the residue of, of that moment of those times, of that thinking, which is really what we're talking about, you know, I see it every day uh, in wide, disparate, tiny places off in the background. You know, that yoga class at the strip mall. Pooh, pure hate, Ashbury. Uh, somebody's eating granola for breakfast. Boom, pure hate, Ashbury. <laughs> Those are like, you know, a sort of, uh, uh, you know, whimsical and, and maybe, um, you know, uh, prosaic points of it. And, and, and then... You can go all the way to the other side and, and look at people who are involved in, you know, spiritual paths in the, in, from the Eastern religion and see how Buddhism has affected um, our thinking and our lives in, in contemporary America and realize how that happened. Phew, hippies. Hmm. Uh, 
that was that was the guys who opened the door to the Eastern philosophies, uh, and uh, those kind of uh, um, it's, it's been profoundly affected our whole generation in both deep and superficial ways, uh, scattered across the panorama of our lives. There's no real one iceberg in the in in the middle of our of our course that says you know this was what we got from the '60s. You know, as a as a music critic, critic Joel, um, you, you've also become uh, obviously by necessity, but also uh, because you're, you're you're good at it, uh, a commentator on culture, if you will. Has there ever been a period in U.S. history when music was more important to, more embedded in a cultural upheaval than the the late '60s? Well, of course, the music, the rock music of the '60s, was a really important part of all the. Uh, social movement that was taking place. And, uh, you know, while my parents' generation associate the sound of the big swing bands with the coming of the Second World War and and the end of the age of their innocence, uh, the music never captured the imagination of that generation in the way that rock music swept through the Woodstock era. And, of course, it created a giant industry in terms of selling music and, and, and bands making uh, livings on uh, doing concerts, and it developed a, a, a corporate sponsor, and is it the corporate sponsor applied marketing methods and, and research and, and development ideas to the product. It sort of moved away from its cultural roots and lost a lot of its relevance and became another product in a consumer age. But in the 60s, uh, the records... And, and not all of them, obviously. I mean, you know, the, a group like the Monkees was just an entertainment, and they didn't really have a subtext of any great significance, whereas something like Jimi Hendrix or the Jefferson Airplane or the Grateful Dead, their music carried a, a coded message with it that, that had commentary attached to it uh, that ranged over a wide assortment of... Uh, you know, concerns, and, and, and it affected people far beyond just the, hey, that's groovy, what's the name of that song? It really made, led people to change their lives. And I, I think of Pete Townsend of The Who, who was in the middle of all that, uh, that tidal wave of music uh, uh, gaining cultural significance, and he felt at the time that, that it might have been something that was developing into a new church, like a new Catholicism amongst the youth. Of course, it didn't turn out to be that way because, you know, for a variety of reasons. But at the time, that's how that's how vast the whole thing seemed. You know, Joel, we only have a minute or so left in this segment, and and, and to me, it you've done so much in your career, but it's so important to keep telling this story. I know keep people keep bringing you back to this because yeah. I remember growing up. You know, we were the media was spinning this, so we really didn't get a clear picture of what Hendrix was all about. John Lennon was set up to be an anti-American communist coming here from England and trying to confuse everybody. The real picture. The historical look through the rearview mirror is just now coming out, and we can bring a ton of good out of that era. Well, I don't know. Uh, we didn't trust the media back then. I don't know why we do now. I don't know who does. Uh, but uh, it was clear to all of us back then that, you know, if we were looking for in, uh, clear information, uh, it, we weren't going to get it from the newspaper and televisions and magazines of the day and age. I, and, I, you know, I'm not sure that we do now. <laughs> uh, 
And my kid goes to a lot of these Hollywood movies. She's 17 years old, and she thinks they're just the, the be-all and end-all. And, and I just think back to when I was 17. You know, I didn't have any interest in Hollywood movies. I wanted to go to see the places where the truth was hidden, where it was tucked away, where it was be, beyond view. And I think that was part of the whole underground movement, was to try and find these things where they were. And they were not going to be in the mainstream media. We didn't expect them to be there. And we didn't look to that from the mainstream media. And the mainstream media was thoroughly discredited in our eyes. So I don't know what's wrong with this country these days and why they're buying all this hokum and pablum uh, and uh, the politicians that uh, are there speaking to what they're speaking to. I don't know how this ended up where it is. But 40 years ago... We had a whole lot more healthy uh, cynicism uh, and skepticism about the, the process than there seems to be today. Joel, right you are. we got to go now. We'd love to have you back on again. The amazing Joel Selvin. Folks, growing boulders right around the corner. Crimson flames through